Welcome to episode 176. I'm Stuart McCullough. I'm the CEO of VHAA. And joining me for this week's discussion is the Manager of Workplace Relations Services, Tim Nagel. Welcome, Tim. Thanks, Stuart. Good to be here. Tim, it's our final edition for the year. It's our final lockdown edition uh, for the year, certainly. And uh, normally, uh, when we're in our normal environment, we have the box and the clue, but uh, I'm just going to go straight to it today. Uh, I will say this, though. You are looking very festive as such, and perhaps you could just uh, pan down and, and, and show the members the, uh, the jumper that you're wearing. Well, there was, you know, you've got to remember that we are in lockdown, so there are some wardrobe limitations. So uh, I'll just mm. show you my... Mm. Uh, Christmas jumper that I've been able to obtain? Yes, I think that's probably the last time you can uh, get away with wearing that, although we could wear it next year and add some prison bars to the front, I think, and that would work quite well. Okay. Uh, but I, I am similarly festive, but I'll go straight to the clues. Uh, so the, the the clue for today is, is, is this. Uh, it's this record, it's James Brown and Funky Christmas. Um, and if, if that's a little too obscure, Tim, uh, and not quite to your musical tastes, I, I thought I'd, I'd bring a backup uh, that might be more suited to your palette, uh, your musical palette, which is John Denver and the Muppets and uh, their Christmas album. Tim, based on those clues, what would you say that the subject for today's discussion is? Well, given that there's two albums and uh, they're about Christmas and they're LPs, I'd say it's Public Holiday Matrix. Tim, uh, that's a particularly disappointing uh, answer in that it shows not only are you not thinking it through, uh, you haven't watched last week's podcast, which was on that exact subject. Christmas is kind of the theme, but uh, Christmas has a lot in common uh, with bargaining. Um, both often involve lists, there's a long preparation time, uh, and the event itself takes a lot longer than you would anticipate. Uh, so today we're talking about bargaining and the progress of bargaining through 2020 and what we can expect uh, through 2021. Uh, but I just will add, Tim, uh, that I would like to confirm that you're not entirely off the mark when you refer to Christmas, because I am your secret Santa, and I have obtained for you your Kris Kringle gift, uh, which is this Kamala Harris action doll. But we'll be referring to Kamala perhaps later in the podcast. So, Tim, Christmas comes but once a year, even if Boxing Day, because it falls on a weekend, comes twice. Uh, but what better way to see off this very long and arduous year than with a quick recap as to where we're at with bargaining and what people can expect in 2021. So let's start with nurses and midwives. So the uh, parties concluded negotiations in late March of this year, just prior to the normal expiry date of that agreement. I'm glad you specified that it was this year because uh, it does seem like a very, very long time ago. So how many meetings were required to get to that point? 23 in total. That's compared to 18 meetings for the same agreement in 2016. And where are we up to? So the agreement has been drafted. It has been uh, finalised, but there are two outstanding things. So what are those two outstanding things? So regarding the NM5 and above translation, we'll be issuing an information paper to CEOs by bulletin, alerting them to the fact that there may be translation costs and the process for funding support for such costs. And the second issue? So the second issue is the nurses 
mental health arbitration. So the case is complete. It, the last day was the 30th of November, but we're waiting an outcome. So once that case is decided, we'll then be able to move to a ballot? Correct. Uh, and will the arbitration have an impact? One of the things the case is likely to do is provide clarity on where the line is drawn between the general nurses and midwives agreement and the mental health agreement. So Tim, in practical terms, what does that mean for the 17 health services that are covered by both? Yeah, so either way, it will be necessary to consider whether any changes are required as a result of that clarification regarding scope. I think it's important to emphasise that the lack of clarity at the moment means uh, the rule is currently applied in different ways at different workplaces. And small changes are likely to achieve consistency once clarification is received. It may be that there's not a lot of changes, but once we have that clarity, then organisations will be able to apply that test with confidence. What else can members expect? So there will be agreement forums. Um, as you can see on screen, the agreement form, forums are designed to explain changes to the agreement. A summary of changes, a tool to implement changes, and a bulletin identifying the retrospective changes. So we'll talk through those in a little bit more detail. So the agreement forums will focus on the changes that arise from bargaining. Yes, that's right. So there will be there will also be a final summary of changes document that will be distributed, which follows the provisional summary given at the time the heads of agreement was reached. And will there, will there also be a bulletin outlining any retrospective changes? Yes, those changes will concern the following. So from the first pay period on or after the 1st of July 2020, the lead apron allowance for employees who may be required as part of their usual duties to wear a lead apron, that allowance will be payable. And also changes to of roster allowance, so changes of shift allowance to increase to 5% if change occurs without seven days or more notice, and 2.5% for changes with more than seven days notice, up to 14 days. So from the first pay period on or after the 1st of January 2021, there'll be an allowance where employer requires employees to hold a current certificate for TAE. And it's just important to note that uh, that allowance won't be payable where the employee is already receiving a higher qualification. In addition to the um, to the agreement forums that we always do, um, that we will be developing a more comprehensive Know Your Agreement training module, which will concern the entire agreement rather than just the changes. So we'll also be doing a new podcast on key clauses and any issues that arise out of the agreement as well. So before new material is issued, where can people find more information in the meantime? So more information is available at Bulletin 2552, High Risk Report and Provisional Summary of Changes, and also Episodes 148, 149 and 150 of the podcast series. So that takes us on to the mental health agreement. In terms of the mental health agreement, uh, where did we start with this negotiation? So initially there was 202 claims from the two unions involved. And how many meetings have there been so far? There's been 33 meetings to date. And where are we? Uh, having started with 202 claims, where are we at in terms of negotiations? So we're close. There's not a lot of claims left. Uh, the following uh, needs some more attention. So CWMS, reproductive leave, staffing profiles acute inpatient, of acute inpatient units, parental leave, Royal Commission facilitative clause, co-grade teams, lived experience worker classifications, health professional worker classifications, and replacing unplanned absences on community teams. Uh, what that means, of course, is that a large number of claims have been resolved. 
Uh, Tim, notwithstanding the pandemic, uh, there has been some limited industrial action by, by one of the union parties with respect to this agreement? Yes, to, there has. To manage that, we've had daily meetings with member to gauge the impact of that action and daily meetings with the department to report on the impact. So what happens next? So we'll resume in, in the new year and recommence those bargaining meetings. So given the relatively small number of claims that uh, are outstanding and require resolution, is it possible that the negotiations will conclude in, in February or thereabouts? So that's definitely our hope, uh, though those things are never certain, but that's what we'd be trying to achieve. So until then, Tim, uh, where can people find more information on the progress of bargaining for mental health? So Bulletin 2605 uh, is the high risk report. Uh, Bulletin 2602 is a progressive agreement and episode 154 um, talks through the ANMF log of claims. So bargaining for health and allied managers and admin has also been occurring. It has. There have been 26 meetings this year to negotiate a replacement agreement with several meetings scheduled for this week. So I think that's one where the claim can really be divided into two parts, classification claims and everything else. Yeah, that's right. Our hope is to have as many, if not all, of the non-classification claims resolved by the end of this year. And are there further meetings scheduled for January and February? There are. So our hope, again, is to resolve the classification claims in that time. But we know that anything involving classifications will take longer. So, Tim, I'll just make a, an observation at this point. So generally speaking, it should be possible to negotiate an agreement in about 20 meetings or so. But, but if there are classification claims without a clear picture of what that structure looks like, it, um, it will inevitably take longer. Yeah, that's, that's right. And certainly it's our experience, both in the health and allied agreement, but also the mental health agreement as well. So uh, if people want more information, uh, then it is available through Bulletin 2616, which is the health and allied progressive agreement update. Bulletin 2597, which is the high risk report, and episode 174, which talks about the progressive agreement update, and also episode 171, which is the corresponding high risk item report podcast. Tim, moving on to medical scientists, they're also bargaining for a new agreement. So that's correct as well. The current agreement expires on the 24th of January 2021. And there have been 19 meetings to date. What progress has been made? So there are a large number of claims for this agreement, just over 180 claims in all. So it's worth observing and uh, comparing 180 claims from, from a union as opposed to 200 from two. Uh, but that's about twice as many claims as the last round for this agreement. Yes, although it should be acknowledged that uh, of those 180 or so claims, over 40 of them are repeat claims from previous rounds. Uh, so I'm mindful that a clear list of priorities is still emerging, and I expect that things will begin to move more quickly once a concise list of priorities is established. That's right. It's difficult to make quick progress when there are that many claims still on the table. It does require the identification of priorities at some point, which, hope, which we hope will be soon. Uh, in addition, it's probably worth noting that a number of the claims are high concept in nature, which means um, it's necessary to identify the model that's proposed in order to test that with members before you even really get to dealing with the claim. Yeah, that's right. Claims of that kind without a body of work to back them up mean that 
The work is done through bargaining instead of before. Uh, effectively, payees have to either wait for that work to be done or the claim is withdrawn if it becomes apparent that the work won't be done. But that approach takes extra time. We've also experienced that in some of the other agreements as well, mm. but it's probably more pronounced in the medical scientists. Agreed. Uh, there's no high-risk uh, item report or progressive agreement update for this agreement yet. When can members expect to see those? So members can expect to receive those documents early in the new year. And in an unusual turn of events, I believe we do have a, a short amount of footage from those negotiations. We do. One, two, three. Moving to allied health professionals, Tim, because one agreement isn't enough, we've got two agreements for allied health professionals on the go. First is a rollover agreement, which comprised of a 2.5% wage increase and a number of compliance, clarity or better off overall changes. Uh, so that proposal for the rollover agreement is currently with government and once endorsed can proceed to ballot. But we also have to negotiate an agreement to replace a rollover agreement, which has a nominal expiry date of the 30th of June 2021. So what we can tell members is that we've already had a preliminary meeting um, with the relevant union on the 14th of December. Yeah, that's right. The purpose of which is to plan for negotiations in the new year. All parties are keen to start on time. Uh, which means at this point, there's no log of claims just yet. No, not from any party. The employer log has been submitted and is working its way through the government approval process, and we don't yet have a log from the VARPA. Tim, looking ahead uh, to 2021, uh, the Doctors in Training and Medical Specialists Agreement are both due to expire at the end of 2021, which means that negotiations are due to start in July. That's right, and we're preparing now, starting with the development of an employer log of claims. So for those who, who may not be familiar, can we just go through how those employer logs are developed? So a review tracker listing items raised by health services was posted for consultation in July 2020, which is the, the starting place. Uh, and that was posted onto the VHA EMA network. Uh, and further feedback has been received, I understand, from the Victorian Medical Executive Group. Yes, and that material become the basis of the first draft employer log, which is then subject to a process of consultation. So during this round, we've done that, gone through that process really now a number of times with respect to other agreements, but we know from our previous experiences that the first draft of the employer log where we start is not where we finish. Uh, what are the key dates with respect to the consultation process for that employer log for the doctor's agreements? So that's right. The key dates are as follows. Uh, draft employer log of claim is to be sent out to the reference group and VME no later than the 18th of December 2020. That feedback is due by the 1st of February 2021. Then provide amended log of, of claim to the CEOs, Victorian Medical Executive and the WRIR subcommittee by the 12th of February 2021. The WRIR subcommittee is a subcommittee of the VHIA board. The CEO delegate forums is then scheduled for the week commencing the 22nd of February 2021 for final feedback by the 20th by the 12th of March 2021. So that enables us to be able to submit the log of claim to DHHS and IRV on the 31st of March 2021. We'll then meet with members through various groups to get feedback and make amendments from that point. Bargaining for community health centres uh, is also going to be a feature in 2021. So that's right. The following categories of agreements will reach their nominal expiry date in 2021. The Allied Health Professionals, which expires on the 30th of June 2021. 
The audiologist, dietitians, pharmacists, and psychologists expires on the 31st of December 2021, and the health and allied managers and admin is expires closely thereafter on the 1st of February 2022. And just looking ahead there to 2022 for health and allied, um, uh, obviously preparation for that will need to begin this year. But it should also be noted that the social and community services uh, agreement has already passed its nominal expiry date. Yeah, correct. But it was agreed that negotiations wouldn't need to occur urgently due to the pandemic and the wage increase paid in July 2020. So in this round, there are some key strategic issues for community health members. Yes, definitely. Last time we wanted to establish uh, nominal expiry dates that did not coincide with the equivalent agreements for public hospitals. Although, um, despite our best efforts, uh, the Allied Health Professionals Agreement uh, rollover means that in this instance, they, they effectively align again. Yes, the reason we did that is when the dates are the same as those for hospitals, community health members were required to wait to start bargaining. Which meant uh, perpetually there was pressure in terms of back pay. Yes, that, inevitably. It also meant that there was an assumption that treated community health as though it was part of the public sector when it isn't. And community health uh, has its own series of separate and distinct challenges. And one of the one of the issues we've been discussing in community health is the number of enterprise agreements that apply to these groups, and whether or not any consolidation uh, might be possible. Yeah, that's on the basis that the current number of agreements and divergence of terms is a key driver of inefficiency. Tim, how are you going to progress these issues? Firstly, uh, there's a community health reference group which met this week on the 16th of December. And there will be further meetings to progress those issues before bargaining be begins, specifically in February. So on the 17th of February, where we have our regular catch up with community health, we'll be inviting CEOs to that meeting also to talk up through those strategy issues. Tim, that brings us, I believe, to uh, the end of another podcast and indeed the end to, a, to another year. It's been quite the marathon. Uh, we'd like to acknowledge the extraordinary work done this year by health services and community health centres alike. Uh, thank you to all of you for your amazing work over the past year and the incredible achievements that the uh, health and community sector have delivered. Uh, we will be leaving you with a, a selection of outtakes from this year's podcasts, uh, which are far less, uh, far less amazing. Thank you for watching and from Tim, myself, and indeed from Kamala. Uh, have a wonderful, safe uh, Christmas, and we'll see you in the new year. Thanks for watching. Good to be back on board for the first time in 2020. It is, it is. Uh, Daniel, could you reveal the clue, which will be uh, the clue for the today's subject? Of course. Aha! Okay. This is probably one of the rare occasions where those people who are listening to this podcast mm. rather than watching are not really missing anything. They're not missing out at all. Would you be good enough to describe the object? Uh, the object is, uh, is, is nothing. It is nothing. It's nothing. All right, this is, uh, we're getting into a very existential postmodern uh, territory here. I feel a little uncomfortable. And based on that clue, what would you say the subject for today's discussion is? I'm not really sure, but uh, I'm not certain whether it was my responsibility or yours to provide the clue to oh, that. I see. <laughs> um, so I would say, uh, look, if it's... If it's, if it's nothing, you're not giving me a lot to work with. You're really not. Uh, this is the bit where I'm unsure as to whether this is actually by design or omission. It's true, I really don't know what the clue is.
<laughs> There's nothing there. There is nothing there, but and yet we're here to talk about something. We are. But, uh, I mean, I can look at my notes, but I guess it's against the rules. <laughs> <laughs> We, are, we were meant to have the coffee, sugar, tea. Yes. Ah, let's try again. <laughs> so what I was, are you doing to me? I was desperately trying to figure out whether you were trying to punk me, and you're trying to figure out whether I'm trying to punk you. Who punked who? Um, it's me. Anna punked us. <laughs> I'm like, Stuart, I'm like, what? Social distancing. <laughs> Today I'm joined by Clinton. Oh, fuck, I've got your surname wrong. Tamelden. <laughs> this happens all the time. Can you say it again? Tamelden. Alright. My name is Rem Rich. Rem Rich. <laughs> so, based on that clue, can you guess what the podcast topic is today? Um. Hmm. That's a tricky one. Oh, I haven't actually prepared for this one. Um, cool. Yeah. Thanks, Emma. No, thanks for having. Um, cool. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for. Do it. She's not coming. She works here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Okay. Thanks okay. for letting me. Um, no. I'll go from. Cool. Thanks. Emma. <laughs> okay. We got this. Sorry. Are you okay? Yes. Okay. Cool, thanks Emma. Thanks for joining today, Mary. Areas in which someone might be relocated. It's Trump. I'll call him back later. He said it was down. One, two, three. Welcome. My name is Jim Battles, Workplace Relations Legal Officer here at the BHIA. I'm here today with Lexi Rosso, Workplace Relations Consultant. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Hold on. So I keep calling it social isolation, but it's not social isolation. Um, I think I'm the only one using that term. Actually, that's, that's you're the only one who experiences it. <laughs> I need social isolation. Uh, indeed. That's G through to the appendices. In your own time. I thought you were doing the whole thing, no? Okay. This one here? Yeah. Oh my god. This, this is just, this is an unexpected turn of events. Accessorial. 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 Access. Sorial. Accessorial. Alright. It wouldn't have something to do with a, a log of claim clams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's so much funnier in real life, I love it. Okay. It was funny when I thought of it, and it's even funnier hearing it in real life. Right. So this is some of my best work. It's a picture. Log with clams on it. Okay. Uh, this wouldn't happen to be a log of clams, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What have I done? <laughs> Sorry, what have we done? I've created a joke that's way too funny. 
Alright, um, this wouldn't happen to be a log of clams now, would it, Daniel? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no, you can't! That noise, anyway. Daniel. Joining me today is Senior Workplace Relations person. I think um, you'll see wages kind of used to be paid like cash. You're old enough to... <laughs> You're old enough to remember those times, aren't you, Tim? All right, go for your office. We're the same age. I don't know what you're One, two, three, four. Are we filming? ...is intended to reach a mutually accessible... Uh, sorry. Sorry. So the traditional model of, uh, sorry, fuck. I should read what I'm gonna say first before I say it. So the Don't do that. I can commence employment with Florette Hotel. Oh, can you hear that? Yeah, I did. Stuff. Yeah. Employment with Florette Hotel as a casual food and beverage attendant on the 24th of Clinton, go away. <laughs> this is the <laughs> prize agreement, medical scientist, medical physicist. Oh. Trying to get you back. All right, you dropped out a little bit there. Yeah, um, through, through no fault of your own. So could you. Welcome to the weekly update where we go in depth with particular topics. <laughs> It's easier in front of a computer, though. Uh, Pabo, coincidentally, or, or not, is also the Korean word for idiot. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for that. I can say my response. Welcome to episode 166. Uh, oh, sorry. Welcome to podcast... Uh, blah, blah. Um, I might just do that. <laughs> I love to make a joke, that's not good. I can't laugh at your own joke. Alright, uh, I'll ask the question. You can, but people will judge you. <laughs> they won't judge me. That, that is true. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. Is that it? VHIA.com.au. <laughs> Done. <laughs>